following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. There's no sex in your violence! (laughs) You bushing out on me? Give it to me, baby! Damn, that's scary. I'm going to be on this plane for like nine and a half fucking hours, man. I don't know how accurate that actually is. I think the whole duration is nine and a half hours. I think you're going to be on a plane for like six hours. I mean, it's going to be multiple planes. There's a layover. You know, there's some time in between. Point being, I get a little nervous about flying. So there's no fucking way I'm going to be doing this sober. Oh, because of the Langoliers. The Langoliers, Craig. Constantly at my heels. Oh, just nipping away like little pissed off Pac-Man. Regardless of how I choose to self-medicate, I have a tiny weak bladder. Yeah, I've been saying this for years about you. I'm like, yeah. Greg, get your prostate checked. You won't do it. Stop wasting time, Craig. Well, I'm just I'm I'm terrified of what I might find out, is really what it comes down to. <laughs> Good. That's a great way to do it. The uh the William Hurt approach. I'm very much in the realm of uh, if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. Oh, when, yeah. No, when it comes I, to, yeah. uh, you know, problems with my genitals. What happens to lazy bums who lie down on the job, Craig? So this brings us to a metaphorical impasse. Okay. By which I mean a very literal impasse in which I might piss myself on this plane. You probably will. Because so, I know uh, how you are. You you don't like getting up and going to the bathroom. You feel like it's an inconvenience. Oh, it's my worst nightmare. I, I can't yeah. uh, I can't ask somebody else to like move out of my way like six times in a three-hour flight just so I can pee. Oh, um, yeah. What did you get? An asshole? Uh, I'm just way too polite for that. Asshole. Um, so what I'm asking you for, I guess, is a little bit of engineering expertise. I think I know where this is going. Yeah. What can you hook up to my penis? To help me pee in place on uh, this flight. So that I can oh, come out I, your way without getting arrested, I guess. I'm is, really is glad that you asked me on this. So now, now you, you, you like to be. hike. You like to camp. So what you want to do is you want to take one of those Camelback bladder apparatuses okay. that you fill with water, right? I'm thinking that could be your carry-on. But okay. it's not going to be full of water because eventually it's going to be full of piss. Yeah, we're going to want to keep that thing nice and empty. Um what are we thinking, like two liter, three liter capacity? You realize I can turn you in for this? I three. Don't you? I, I know you. You're like a camel. You realize I can I can sue this entire airline for $30 million and name you as primary respondent? I mean, in, um, in lay, when you have a layover, you have the ability to empty it. Well, what I'm thinking is maybe we don't need to empty it. Maybe we don't need it at all. Oh, maybe oh. yeah. all we need is a little bit of tape and just a... Open-ended rubber hose. Oh, okay. Three, four feet, maybe five. I can snake that sucker right under my seat and into the carry-on of the man behind me. Just terrible. Poor woman. Ah, you don't know. Yeah, he won't know. And then it's their problem. You get what I'm saying? Unless he goes rummaging through the carry-on and somehow yanks the actual catheter out of you. Well, you know somewhat specific way i may also benefit from that i would recommend like a lot of slack so i'm gonna be sitting there 
you know, all masked up, following the regulations. I think everybody following else around me to a to a T. Same. Their minds are going to be 100% thinking like, see this this kind of sketchy guy in the middle seat. He seems very relaxed for some reason. I don't know what that's all about. I think their minds are going to be completely on airborne diseases uh, when what they really should be considering is how wet are their feet going to get. I recommend you waterproof your shoes, everybody, because I'm flying in comfort and style. Yeah, that's right, dude, because everyone's going to be all concerned about getting COVID and Uh never in a face mask. But if they're not sitting in first class, they're going to get piss in their ass. (laughs) I mean, it depends how far the tube goes, but you know. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Damn, Damn That's Scary! Wow, thank you so much for tuning into the program. We promised you a great show tonight. My name is Micah. I'm coming out of Reno, Nevada. And over there in Buffalo, New York, that's Greg. Say hi to the people. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Have you heard that new album by Guns N' Roses? You know what I'm saying? And what about AIDS? It's out there, and that stuff will mess you up. That was my uh, 1990s jock radio voice. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope the listeners enjoyed it. How you been, buddy? Uh, it's, it's fantastic here back in 1992. Thanks to a recent chance meeting I had with Magic Johnson on a bus, I do not have AIDS. <laughs> I'm coming at you from Reno, Nevada. Over there is my beautiful face co-host, Greg, out of Buffalo, New York. How you doing, babe? I know what you're expecting right now. The usual, but uh, I actually don't have a very good vanilla ice quote this week. Aw. I'm sorry to let you down. The song's honestly only so long. I think it may have tapped that for pretty much all that it's worth. I mean, this might be the point where we kind of actually have to move on. But with that said, I did spend my weekend at the beach. Oh, you did? This this past week. You want to know where I was? I don't know. Come on, guess. Where do you think? Fuck you. Where was I staying on the beach, Micah? Um, no. What, uh, what address was I at? Stop it. A1A. Yep, I promise you that's the last time we're going to be doing this. Oh, rest in peace. It is a sad day. Sad, Vanilla sad Ice, day. I hardly knew you. Suge Knight threw him off the building finally. <laughs> Sleep well, sweet prince. After all these years. <laughs> For our loyal listeners out there, pay attention next week. We got we got an all new fucking theme coming. Oh, stop it! I uh, I started drooling a little. I think I got a little saliva on my lip here. <laughs> you pulled a little Daniel Day Lewis on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I shouldn't say that. I owe that man an apology. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Greg, did you watch anything? Uh, uh, anything good new this week, buddy? No. Yeah, I actually <laughs> did this week. Yeah, what's up? How do you feel about Ty West's recent masterpiece, X? Oh, well, just like uh, Paul Stanley, 
let's put the X in sex because okay. boy howdy, there is a lot of it. Let's take a quick trip down memory lane back to 1979 when the porn was good, the music was rocking, and the bushes. There was no sex in your violence! <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. Because I don't want to come back down from this cloud! No singing! <laughs> No singing. No singing. Fuck. I haven't seen that much bush since I googled Demi Moore's bush. Oh my god. You could fight a, a secret Nicaraguan war in that fucking jungle. Wasn't expecting a fucking rainforest. Ah, the movie Predator was filmed in Demi Moore's bush. You could fall in love with an orangutan in there. It's a Samoan pub. Platoon was filmed in Demi Moore's bush. When the machine, machine breaks, breaks down, down, we break down. <laughs> in Demi Moore's bush. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So, uh, what did you think of Ty West's X? I absolutely loved it. Now, I went to see this in the theaters, and before going, I ate a homemade edible, and it's really hard to gauge what you're what you're consuming you don't know how many like milligrams of thc that's in your system and um okay yeah so i ate a pretty decent sized piece as i'm waiting in line to get my ticket i start going oh god i'm getting kind of high this better speed up because by the time i get to this woman i'm not going to be able to say words i got all been there I got yeah, I got my popcorn. I got my my my, my I, I got a root beer. That's how fucking high I was. Um, <laughs> Did you ask for ice cream in it? <laughs> fuck, dude. If they had it, yes, I would have. I also had pocket sour patch kids. Nice. And the move was what no I was bag. doing. No, it was just there to loosen my pocket. Uh, <laughs> that's how that's how you do. It's all warm and sticky. That's they've been in my pocket. There's a little hole yeah. in your pocket, so you're dropping them every three steps. Uh, so, perverts behind you. Uh, so the move was, I take a big handful of popcorn, shove it in my mouth, handful of Sour Patch Kids, and then I take. I it was still in my mouth. I take a mouthful of root beer, mm, like a true professional. And, uh, I started to have a panic attack uh, midway through the movie. Oh, that was diabetes. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> now it's not. This isn't really spoiling anything because I think everyone kind of understands the plot. It's it's been out for uh, for a week now, sure. uh, but <laughs> this is a point of the movie where I started to have a panic attack. Is when the old lady is trying to get fucked, and she's like, she's like, why won't you look at me the way you look at her? And then I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil any more of that scene. But I'm sitting there and Good I'm question. having this full. Yeah. Do your panic attacks result in just? uncomfortable throbbing erections like mine do uh normally yeah but during this movie i couldn't get hard because i had um, a full-on panic attack at that scene oh! I'm, so, I'm so like i'm bad high at this point and i'm like rubbing my legs and i'm leaning forward and i'm start i'm my eyes are getting are like welling up and i'm going oh my god this could actually happen to me because i'm not gonna fuck this old woman and then she kills me Oh, and it, like it was like this, this this weird like like breakdown I had. You wouldn't just take one for the team and you know bang that oldie out. No, but I'm so nice to old people too, and I feel like this movie, the moral of this movie is, is you don't trust old people. It kind of is when you really break it down. It's uh, yeah, never trust old people because you don't know whether or not they're murderous sexual deviants. Could I trouble you for a glass of warm dip? It helps put me to sleep.
Okay, so that was my own little personal story aside. Let's talk about okay. the movie itself now. Ty West has not filmed a horror movie in 10 years. Uh, Ty West, of course, uh, has done House of the Devil, mm -hmm. The Sacrament. Yep. He's absolutely phenomenal. I love him. And love him. in an interview, he recently said that the reason why that he hasn't filmed a movie in 10 years is not because of ambition or anything like that. It has a lot to do with money yep. and just how absolutely hard it is to make a movie. And especially something like the movie X, where... I'd say about a good 80% of the movie is filmed outdoors and he was having a lot of issues with the weather. You know, you're on a schedule, you're, you're on a budget and the weather isn't cooperating. You know, actors aren't cooperating. There's a lot of issues that go into play. A lot of night I... shots involving old people, which we all know they tend to be fast asleep by 5.30 PM most evenings. Now you will go to sleep. Or I will put you to So that makes it difficult. But this movie, my God, it is so good. Uh, the plot, uh, amateur porn being filmed. The guy's trying, this, this skeezy dude is trying to make another Debbie Does Dallas type thing. Uh, and they, they basically rent out what they're using as a film set, but it's just a farmhouse owned by an old couple. Who yeah. are, have strong Christian morals. Uh, uh, naturally, chaos ensues. And I had a little bit of a, a mathematical formula, if you will, to describe the essence of this whole film. May I? You may. So this was basically Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was. Plus The Visit. Yeah. Minus a couple of shitty kids. Yeah. And then divided by Deep Throat. Oh. I don't even know if you'd call this a slasher. It kind of was, though. I, I This was a slasher. Yeah, right? Slasher yeah. with an unconventional villain. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the kills are brutal. The pacing of this movie is great. Oh, the violence is incredible. The violence is absolutely incredible, and I don't want to give anything away, but the most uncomfortable scene doesn't involve a murder. Oh, uh, the scene where Bubblegum Tate goes gator hunting with Riff Raff. They didn't like and he answers the door hanging dong like it's just a totally normal thing to do. <laughs> oh, shit. There's a lot of nudity in this movie. Actually, scratch that. There's two two scenes that are very unnerving Okay. that don't involve actual Well, murder. let me guess. Let me guess on another one. This one does involve murder, but uh, was it the one where a horny old woman turns John Lennon into Nicole Brown Simpson? The aerial view of the lake. Oh, yeah. That was actually one of my favorite shots from the whole thing. That that's was where... so intense. And it was a metaphor of the whole movie. That's where uh, Linda Lovelace is being pursued by a sex gator. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you what my favorite scene was, though? Uh, yes. There's a lot of great scenes in this film, but uh, easily, without a doubt, uh, it's kind of early on when yeah. Linda Lovelace is kind of wandering uh, outside of the guest house or the barn or wherever the fuck they're staying. Yeah. And uh, she first sees across the yard, she sees uh, the horny old woman on the porch and she's just giving her the finger. You two boys can just fuck right off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just this, this like 90 year old woman. It's fantastic. Hey, man. Sets a little bit of a tone. Side note, this won't make sense to anyone who hasn't seen it and it's not going to give anything away. But uh, that old woman's lemonade was definitely like mostly piss, right? Oh, Greg, 
that was pulled right from your catheter. Yeah. Right from your airplane piss. <laughs> Three straight liters of me being too lazy to stand up. <laughs> I guess what we're getting at is, is that you can't trust old people. And if, uh, if they want sex, you should probably fuck them. Yeah, I think the, the overarching kind of storyline was just sex-starved old woman really wants a pearl necklace and is willing to go to great lengths to achieve said goal, even if that means murdering a bunch of 20-something porn stars in 1970s. Greg, did you say pearl necklace? I think I did, yeah. Did you know that Ty West actually filmed a prequel for this movie called Pearl? Oh my god! What an impressive segue! Wow! <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you have yet to see the movie X, make sure you tune in for after the credits to watch a trailer for the prequel that Ty West filmed before this movie. Holy fuck, we're good at this. So, Greg! Yes? Uh, because we can't really go into too much detail with X because it will spoil things. How do you feel about the movie as a whole? Well, let me give you a, just kind of a real quick rundown on my review and the reasons for my scoring. Love the gore. Somewhat sparse, but it was frequent enough to stay interesting. The effects were great. Top notch. Oh, yeah. Everything looked practical. I love that. We all do. Acting was adequate for the genre. No complaints. Yeah. Nobody stood out as being particularly bad. All the characters resembled celebrities to me, even though they weren't. There was a guy that looked like Luke Wilson. Uh, so that's always fun. Wow. wow. The plot was familiar yet fresh, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. That's actually how I um, felt. It, it, it was a recycled plot, but with different elements. It had a, a strong flavor of nostalgia. Yep. But just a nice little twist on the formula, enough to make it original, enough to have its own voice. So for me, got to give it the old five out of five. I completely agree with you, man. Five out of five. If you haven't yet, go to the theaters. Give your money to see this fucking movie, to support Ty West this movie. West clearly horror. needs it. He's been vocal about the fact that he needs your money. Help him. Yeah. Support him. He's great at what he does. For those of you that don't actually know who Ty West is, Ty West worked on the VHS movies. Ty West is the guy from VHS 2 who had the camera eyeball. He's, uh, he's Kanye West's younger cousin whose former spouse is currently being humped by Doug Davidson. Oh, Doug. Yeah, yeah it's, a whole, it's a whole alternate fucking universe in which... Uh, Ty West is related to Kanye. You, you get what I'm going for. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I I get it too. But also, like, like Ty is cool, where Kanye sucks. Hey, man, I'm a genius. All right. I'm not worried that Ty is gonna one day kick down my door and murder me. Um, but no, Kanye might. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't even know each other. I know, dude, and that's all because you did that fish sticks joke like five years ago, man. If I was a homosexual or a fish, I would know. But also, to be fair. I would never give my vote to Ty West for the presidency. But you give it to Kanye. Absolutely. I'm the most talented musician in the world. No in doubt in my fucking mind. Ty West, great at making horror movies, not so great at being president. Kanye, no. I would follow that man into World War Four. And I'm a genius voice of a generation, so I'm not gay. A born leader. Man. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. 
Think about what Kanye could do for the economy. The Kanye. Kanye me. The Kanye me. There's your there's your slogan right there. Right. Twenty four. Save the Kanye me. Ah. Yay! If you're listening. Yeah. It's yours. You you take that. I won't sue. Jesus. Yes. We need you now more than ever. I have no interest in your wife. Let me make that perfectly clear. I kind of do. Fuck. Yeah. Well, you just doomed us both. I hope you're happy. I know. I can't help it. She dummy thick. Kim is heavier than most of her pictures show her to be. Jesus, this man does not represent me. All right, that does it. I'm going to kick your motherfucking ass. I had a chance to check out Studio 666. Oh, good. Uh... Studio 666 is a lot of fun. I know you have yet to watch that movie, so I don't really want to talk too deep into it. But I do Uh, love the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl and the rest of the gang and the Foo Fighters all star in this amazing horror movie where they move into a... They move into an old house where it was uh, 30 years prior. There were a bunch of murders. Okay. Foo Fighters move in. Dave Grohl ends up becoming possessed. And I know if you saw the trailers, you know he just, it's its the whole, like, oh, a demon is possessing Dave Grohl. He starts yeah. going on a killing spree. The plot seems pretty straightforward, but what, it's a what intrigues plot. me is, I i think you can agree with me in, on this one. I've been a fan of the Foo Fighters pretty much since their inception. Yeah, since, like, 97. They're solid rock and roll. They're always Full bringing something new. Like, they're a great fucking band. But what I noticed about them, though, really in all their interviews and in all their public appearances, these are a group of guys that seem to have a lot of personality. I feel like their acting chops are probably a little more than the average band. Greg, I was going into this movie with low expectations because I thought to myself, how could... Yes. How could every member of this band be top dollar? At at acting. Oh, dude. All of them. All of them were fantastic. Will Forte is in this movie, and I absolutely love Will Forte. He's great. Uh, Everybody should go see Studio 666. Everybody should go see Ty West X. So far, this year has been top notch. Solid start to the year. Solid first quarter 2022. Solid. Absolutely solid. It started with Scream. Uh, that Resident Evil movie. If we can make it into June before Vladimir Putin destroys us all, I think we'll see some pretty goddamn good movies. We gotta make it to December, my friend. David Bruckner is gonna be pumping the Hellraiser reboot out of his urethra onto Hulu's screen. I, 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 I'm stoked for that. I know that's getting a lot of a lot of blowback on the internet because it's. Uh, we can't have Hellraiser without Doug Bradley. Yes, you fucking can. I love Doug Bradley just as much as the next guy. But if you go back and you read the book and you watch the movie, Pinhead is in it for what? Five fucking minutes? Yeah, it's kind of, it's like fan fiction, really. Like the whole series is fan fiction. Yeah. Uh, from the original, what is it? The Hellbound Heart, I think is Hellbound the, the Heart. original. Yeah, he's not a, he's not a major element of it. Not at all. And Not really, at all. It, like, the, who the, fucking the, cares if a woman is playing as the Hell Priest? The script version of Pinhead is honestly a little cringy. You opened it. We came. Oh, God. Yeah. And really, you know what uh, What I'm kind of getting at is Doug Bradley brings that role to life. So, uh, actually, maybe we can't do it without Doug Bradley. Many, many times. I 
We can. It's okay. fine. It's fine. Now, I understand, like, the people out there are like, oh, I, I, no, a perfect example is it. Fuck, that's my Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, <laughs> let me try that again. Oh, we can't have Doug. Fuck, let me do That's why I'm saying, like, let me, let me fuck it. Let me, let me. Oh, you can't have a Hellraiser movie without a Doug Bradley. Why don't you take a look at Hellraiser Judgment? Oh, take a look at Hellraiser Revelations. Really enjoy seeing your, your range here. <laughs> oh, and it's like, it's like, okay. That's fine. Yes, the reason why those movies sucked was because those movies sucked. It, it wasn't nothing... the fault of the actor playing. Pinhead. No, no, no fault at all. Well, maybe Revelations at least not it was a, not not alone. It is a means to humble us. It was partially the fault of the actor. I just don't Pinhead. know who the fuck cast a fat fucking piece of shit to play as Pinhead. That's, that that's part Butterball's job. Yes, yes. Yeah, keep Butterball fat. Keep Pinhead schvelt. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good scum. Hashtag now, keep Butterball you... fat. This... That's my philosophy. It's, it's 2022. Can we please keep Butterball fat? Make Butterball got... fat again. Explorers in the further regions are coming. You got all these fat fucks in Hollywood getting skinny, and I'm not here for it because because eventually it's going to catch up to Butterball. You solved the box. We came. Now you must come with us. Taste our cum. Okay, so do you imagine, like, Pinhead and Pussy Throat in bed, and they're, like, watching, like, a, like TV's on, Pinhead's reading a book, and Pussy Throat starts eating food, and she starts getting her pussy crumbs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like Ned from South Park. <laughs> Oh, she's like Kane from WWF back in the day. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mm, yeah, suck it. I uh, have such sights to show you. I'm having another one. <laughs> no, Can but it's just like... Can dude, it's just she's... furiously masturbating in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> this marriage has been failing for eons. Oh, no. Get the butterball in here to spice things up. <laughs> It's like from Pulp Fiction. Go get the Butterball. <laughs> <laughs> He's locked in a trunk. In the <laughs> <room>. <laughs> oh, God. Then Bruce Willis uh, opens the box and then I. <laughs> Frank's dead, baby. Frank's dead. Frank's dead. <laughs> Would you love me if I had a pot belly? And he just starts thinking about Butterball. <laughs> you opened it. We came. <laughs> I've given oh, hundreds of pussy throat massages and every one of them meant something. <laughs> so then your father, he shoved this box up his ass. This uncomfortable hunk of metal. Shoved this lamatic decoration up his ass. Hide it from the goo. <laughs> Oh, Butterball be so good at eating that. <laughs> Pulp Razor. Revelation. Uh, yeah, so I think what Greg and I are getting at is that uh, we need the we need this crossover of Pulp Fiction and Hellraiser. Supposing he had came. But yeah, David Bruckner, Hellraiser, coming out on Hulu. Can't wait for that. Putin, please don't kill us all. I want to see that movie. It's going to be great. Everybody, stay tuned because we're definitely going to cover it. I want to hear him holy fuck hey, we're good at this how about we get into the news man let's get right to it nicholas cage 
uh, as we reported before, is playing as Dracula. Dracula. In uh, this new Universal Monsters uh, spinoff movie, Renfield, yep. that takes place in modern time New York City. And his cape uh, is ridiculous. Uh, it's like Spawn. It's, it's like Spawn, but it yells a lot more. <laughs> yeah, so pictures are out of Nicolas Cage behind the scenes as Dracula, and it is everything I've ever wanted. It's pretty much exactly what you would expect. It is Nicolas Cage. He's got the fangs. He's got the cape. I don't know. How would you describe the expression on his face? Greg, you know there's literally no cape. Did you even look at the picture I sent you? I don't need to know. Don't ruin my fantasy here. I want to I see the, the wide-collared cape. He doesn't have that. You know what? I might not see this movie then. I thought we were doing a bit when I'm you were talking out. about the cape. Turns out it wasn't. You just don't know what. Can I be honest with you he's in a red he's in a yes i haven't seen the photo he's in a red velour suit in a way that's better yeah it is so he's a he's a modern day dracula he modern day very pimp very christopher lee looking actually you know what yeah i can picture that you can picture nick cage as a christopher lee dracula absolutely their facial structure is uh not dissimilar but, I mean, Christopher Lee actually killed Nazis. Nicolas Cage just fucking kills all that. You know I was going to say, he just, he just slays virgins. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Yeah. Put the killer Nick Cage going at it. I mean, he did something to me. Uh, hey, That's buddy. why I'm in the wheelchair. Since we're talking about Nicolas Cage, uh, how much did you love that movie, Mandy? One of my favorites from the past few years, for sure. Panos Cosmatos. Yes. Brilliant director. I don't think I pronounced his last name right. I mean, you did it better than I could have. Panos Cosmatos. Cosmatos? Panos. Cosmatos. Known for Mandy, obviously, and his earlier work, Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is also fantastic. Which I have yet to see. I recommend it, but for anyone out there who was introduced to him as a director through Mandy, don't expect the same bombastic wild style it's a little bit of a more deliberately paced film what i like to compare it to is um 2001 a space odyssey not in the same genre but the pacing of it is very slow uh very steady but i guarantee you it's worth it if you stick it through stick you through definitely check out some of his other work uh he does have a new one coming out the new one is necroxum necroxum necrocrocodile yeah, it's about a crocodile that has to fuck dead people. It's an asylum picture. So the old uh, old Panos is coming back with a very stylish movie, Necroxum. He's ne uh, ne he's, Necrocosm, I think. Uh, necro Necroscum. Scrotum. Ne necrogasm. Necrotum. <laughs> the only thing that we know about the film that is described as a phantasm-like fantasy nightmare. The okay. film's going to go deep within a strange galaxy. Two lovers are torn apart as they try to survive a malevolent invasion. Two star-crossed uh, lovers take their lives. I mean, maybe this is Romeo and Juliet in space. Maybe it's Tromeo and Juliet in space. Who fucking knows? Only Lloyd Kaufman can make that delineation. If I was farted on, if I was farted on, would that have been kind of like a benediction? Or? Directors Tyler Gillett and Matt Bentinelli open 
are on board at bringing us Scream 6, which will be coming out March 31st of next year. Uh, this movie has to be willing to risk it all in order to subvert all of those expectations. That sounds and right. And we're so far down the rabbit hole of the Scream movies that it's all up for grabs at this point, which tells me that they are just going to go completely off the fucking rails and do whatever the fuck they want because... What do you do at this point? It's literally the sixth movie of Scream. Was that their official statement? Yep. They said it's so far off the rails that everything's up for grabs at this point? We're so far down the rabbit hole of Scream movies that it's all up for grabs at this point. So they're admitting that they have no fucking idea what they're doing. They have no fucking clue where it's what they're going to do. So this is going to be the this is going to be the weird one. You know what? It might be the weird one. I'm down for it, man. I'm ready. I want to see Scream get fucking wild. Make this the season of the witch of the Scream series, in my opinion. Oh, fuck. I like that a lot, actually. Just go out there. Change the genre. Change the characters. Get fucking nuts. What if... Dude, seriously. You know what? Let's get time travel in it. Hell yeah. Let's let's do... Let's... Terminator. Thank you for your cooperation. I'll buy that for a dollar. No, let's open it up. Let's do, like, Scream Multiverse. Where yeah. uh, a portal opens up and uh, Billy Loomis and Stu walks out. And then Stu's mom gets involved with it. And you have every incarnation of David Arquette. Let's and get, a, you get a whole room full of TV screens with David Arquette reacting in different ways while the architect describes to him exactly how many possible ways he could have died in the same house on the same night with the same supporting cast. Let's fucking do that shit. While we're at it, let's get Robocop into it, man. Uzi 9mm. So yeah, Scream 6. Keep David Arquette from being homeless. Pay his rent. Help him out. The man clearly needs it. He's taking thumbtacks to the forehead to pay his bills. He's taking glass tubes to the neck. Courtney Cox up the ass. I have done things that I regret. Well, it's this point of the episode where I would like to tell you that Damn That Scary is brought to you by Wellers. The original weeded bourbon aged 12 years. Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 90 proof. It's full bodied. Runs about 350 a bottle. Goes down smooth. Has a great kick and makes you feel like a real man. Oh, well, good for you, asshole. I'm drinking a Milwaukee's Best from an old diaper over here. Oh, It's not even a fresh one. So, Greg, you know my favorite movie of all time is The Shining, right? Yes, I've heard that. Well, it turns out that they are going to be making a off-Broadway play for The Shining, and Ben Stiller is set to play as Jack Torrance. That sounds fucking awful. Why would you want that? Now, a lot of the confusion, because people are idiots, and they don't actually read articles, and there are a lot of clickbait out there, so I totally get it. But it's a fucking play. Who cares? I mean, if you want the movie, you can always watch the movie, I suppose. Dude, I think Ben Stiller would be fine as Jack Torrance. Why, though? I can lick my own balls, thank you very much. In a play? It sounds terrible. And when I say brother, I mean I don't like black people. I think he could do it. How can we be expected to learn how to read if we can't even fit inside the children? No, dude, I mean, it's a fucking play. Who cares? You're not going to go see it. I'm not going to see it. People are losing their minds over the fact that Ben Stiller is going to be playing as Jack. The guy that's doing the this play is sticking to Stephen King's novel and oh. not Stanley Kubrick's movie. So it's, yeah, dude. I've always when considered you put, that the, the worst version of it. Dude, even though it's the original. 
1998 made-for-TV Shining movie starring the guy from fucking Wings is better than Stephen King's novel. Stanley Kubrick managed to take Stephen King's work and make it, I'm not going to say better, but fucking good. He removed all the corniness. Like, Stephen King put a lot of corny shit in that book. There's I think so a lot much of people corny. don't yeah. remember. Uh, there's a lot of corny father-son bonding shit in it. Yeah, and there's yeah. there's hedge maze animals. Yeah. Like leafy dog monsters that chase little Danny Torrance around when he goes outside. And I'm sorry, but you put that on film and it just looks goofy. As we saw in the 90s version. Was that in that movie? You can't fuck with Jack Nicholson when it comes to The Shining. Who are you going to find that's going to play Wendy better than Shelley Duvall? What woman out there are you going to find that you could break down into a shell of a human being better than Shelley Duvall? That's right. Yes, three, five. Well, hey, buddy, do you know that Christina Ricci is actually joining the cast of uh, Tim Burton's Netflix rendition of The Addams Family Wednesday? She's not playing as Wednesday Adams, but she is in Wednesday. I had uh, heard of that, and I'm actually kind of excited for that. A I lot of speculation on who she's going to play. If she's, I don't think she's playing as Morticia. I mean, I um, kind of assumed it would be one or the other, right? I think she might be cast as uh, Cousin It. I've actually heard she's going to be Fester in this one. That makes a lot of sense, especially after that dreadful Lizzie Borden series that she had. Well, I mean, in, you know, just looking at that hairline. Don Coscarelli. You know him. You love him. The creator of Phantasm, Beastmaster, and a whole plethora of other really cool shit. John dies uh, at the end. Actually, yeah. You know, I just found out that he directed that movie. Really? I remember that yep. was one of uh, that was like one of the selling points when that came out. Was like directed by the creator of Phantasm and Bubba Hotep. Yep. Serious? I did not know that Don Coscarelli did John dies at the end. Do you think we'll ever get this book is full of spiders? I fucking hope so. That would be a lot of fun. I love the first one. I mean, the books are great. I would recommend them to anyone who's interested. Oh, in John dies at the end. This book is full of spiders, and what the hell did I just read are great. David Wong, visionary. Love his style, love his humor, and his plot lines are, you know, mind-bending, honestly. Uh, dude, seriously, it's cosmic existential horror. There you go. Very the perfect low, genre, really, if you think about Christian. it. What did you Lovecraftian say? horror is so hot right now. He named his cat. Don Cascarelli is in talks to have a phantasm video game. Oh my god. Let's do it. Dude, because you have the Friday the 13th game, you have a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, you have Dead by Daylight, you have the Evil Dead game. Let me tell you something. The only way that this Phantasm game could actually work out, and I'm hoping, my fingers are crossed here, you got to play as the tall man. Right? Ooh. I think you would have to play as Michael. I want to be in control of that fucking Phantasm ball. I want to be able to fucking sick it on my enemies. That actually would be really cool to play as tall man. I don't know, though. I like the idea of the whole, like, Let's solve this. Let's figure out what's going on thing. I'm going to be this little kid and so he do kind the of, balls. So you want to do kind of a uh, a Resident Evil 3 kind of thing where you're evading 
uh, the tall man the whole time uh, solving puzzles. Or you could do a straight up like third person shooter and play as Reggie Bannister. That's a good angle. I like it. Play as Reggie Bannister and you keep going through, uh, uh, let's say like the level, you got to kill a bunch of those little fucks that jump out of nowhere. Maybe some other trickery. I, this doesn't have to be all action, of course. It could be a lot of mind fuckery. But I think, uh, you know, to like go to like the next level, you got to go through those two metal prongs. You know, put your hands on them. Oh, the little buzzy guys. As we know, as the Phantasm series progresses, uh, the tall man is uh, never ending. It's a real Rick and Morty type situation here. He just keeps um, getting fucking taller, man. Taller and taller. The next thing you know, he shows up as Godzilla. Harder, uh, faster. And then you gotta fight a giant tall man. But yeah, I I don't know. I think uh, I think Don Cascarelli, if he gets this going, would be pretty fucking sweet, buddy. I trust Don to handle anything at this point. Well, Greg, that's all I have for the news. Uh, before we get into our next segment, do you have anything you want to add to the table? I actually have something to tell you. What's that? I'm very excited because I have some facts to share. Oh, our new segment, Greg Facts. I love it. By which it. I mean I have one fact to share because I got lazy this week. You learn something new every day is what I always say. Two weeks in and I'm already half-assing it. Boom, this man! Uh, so... <laughs> As we all know, I'm about to fly my ass out to your neck of the woods in a couple of days. So naturally, I did a little bit of research on what I'm allowed to take on the flight with me. I found out something very interesting. First off, it is very much legal for me to bring with me a gas-powered chainsaw as long as I pack it in my checked baggage. Can you put gasoline in it? I think I might have to keep it in a separate container that's less than three ounces, but I'm pretty sure I could do it. So you could take the gasoline on a plane. This absolutely depends on the airline. On a plane. And for legal purposes, I think they've specifically requested that we not mention them on our show. Avoiding lawsuits is very important to us at this point in our career. Oh, American Airlines. No. That's <laughs> not the one. <laughs> Okay, But there was one other bit that specifically stood out to me as something I never would have expected, but very much might take advantage of when I come your way in a couple of days. Have you ever heard of something called an explosive swingless golf club? No. This is a piston-driven, combustion-powered, a, I don't know exactly how to describe this. It is a golf club that punches your ball hundreds of yards towards the hole with the most minimal of efforts. The best thing I can compare this to is one of those cow-killing devices from No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. Anton Chigurh killed many an innocent man with one of these things. The only difference is this one is at the end of a rod. A shaft, if you will. Yeah, I got a rod for you. And it turns out it is very much legal for me to bring this on a plane as long as I don't have the small combustible charge that actually sets it off. But I feel like that's just a technicality. So, holy shit. Yeah, a little alarming, but needless to say, 
I just learned a whole new way for me to get into that fucking cockpit, my friend. <laughs> and I'm going to fill that thing with piss. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Reno, here I come. <laughs> me and my chainsaw and my explosive golf club and my three-liter bag full of piss. Well, Greg, uh, before we get into our next segment, I know earlier in the episode we were talking about the movie Studio 666, which yes. is surely an instant classic. While recording this episode, we actually discovered that the Foo Fighters drummer, Taylor Hawkins, passed away today at age 50. The, there's no detail of the, the cause of death, but the band was uh, preparing to perform in Bogota, Colombia, and uh, he died. Uh, Hawkins, as we know, has been with the band since 1997. He drummed with Alanis Morissette a couple years before joining the Foo Fighters. Just an incredibly talented musician. Rivals Dave Grohl himself, honestly, when it comes to the drum kit. This is a tragedy. Uh, it absolutely is. The Foo Fighters Twitter handle, they just uh, they tweeted a couple hours ago. Uh, the Foo Fighters family is devastated by the tragic and untimely loss of our beloved Taylor Hawkins. His musical spirit and infectious laughter will live on with us all forever. Our hearts go out to his wife, children, and family, and we ask that their privacy be treated with the utmost respect in this unimaginable, difficult time. Well, in all seriousness, uh, I know we're a, we're a comedic podcast here where uh, you know, we like to have a lot of fun. Give this man a just a quick moment of silence. I, I think I speak for both of us when I say that rock and roll is very important to our lives. Very. Foo Fighters, definitely one of my favorite bands. A little bit of a downer, but I mean, yeah. I do appreciate the opportunity that we have here to show respect where respect is due. Go to the theaters and watch Studio 666. Check out the movie appreciate his acting ability appreciate his drumming talents listen to all their albums yeah definitely go back listen to the Foo fighters watch studio 666 and uh pour one out for this fucking guy because he was a rock star rock and roll <laughs> fucking right well, all right, Greg. I think it's uh, I think it's time to jump into that corner of the apology. Oh, this again, Matt. Make it happen. This is the moment of our episode where we try to right the wrongs and uh, our, through our transgressions and tribulations, uh, make uh, things better. Suck the proper penises. I think is what you're getting at. And the penis I'm gonna suck is going to be Rob Zombies. Uh, Rob, I'm really sorry that I spoke ill of your lisp last week. Actually, it wasn't just me. It was, uh, Greg as well. I, we're know, both guilty in this. I might be more guilty than you. I think I, I initiated that. Yeah, but the thing fair. is, like, I know wrong from right, Greg, and what we did was wrong. Full disclosure, and, uh, some of our longtime fans have, I'm sure, noticed this, but, uh, when I'm full on in my cups, a little alcohol in me, I got a little bit of a lift myself. So you do, you do. Uh, but uh, Rob, I want to say I'm I'm sorry uh, <laughs> for making fun of your uh, speech impediment. Thirty-five. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, that was um, 
in infinity. <laughs> yeah, so Rob, I apologize that you sound just like the American three of the road. But uh Rob, I'm looking forward to uh the monsters, maybe. Uh -huh. And your last album was uh terrible. And please stop. Please, please, the truth for hurts. the love of God, stop collaborating with Marilyn Manson. He's a rapist. <laughs> oh, I thought he was the therapist. Turns out he was the rapist. Okay, yeah, that's where the confusion comes. Uh, so, Rob, sorry, buddy. I actually really do enjoy uh, everything you do with White Zombie and even some of your earlier Rob Zombie stuff. I know you're listening, so uh, hear my message, hear it loud and clear. I'm sorry. But if we're going to move on, uh, I have a much more important apology to make to a much more esteemed individual. The method actor and Oscar winner, Daniel, quote unquote, Day Lewis. Day Louise. Last week, we praised your acting abilities and implied that you might possibly be quite a bit more talented than anyone ever knew. I know that doesn't sound like such a bad thing, but our compliments were borderline patronizing, I have to admit. And as your skills are legendary, undoubtedly, obviously there is no need to overstate them, right? Like why would we? Why would we ever do that? You're the greatest method actor of all time, and for good reason. And I hope that one day, I can only pray that you are able to get that crayon out of your ass. Thank you. That's all I got. Well, Greg, I don't know about you, but I sure feel a lot better about myself. So let's get into the movie of the week. We are continuing with our theme of March of the Penguins. Of Not the just penguins. regular quack quack penguins. We're talking about Hold on. the clergy. Did you just act like penguins were ducks? No. Did you just try to slide that past all of us and just like it's nothing? What do penguins? No penguins go quack quack? Did you try to quack quack and, and pull it off as a penguin fucking thing? Boom this man! We've got The Convent from 2000 for you today. Yes! Directed by yes! one Mike Mendez, who is known for Big Ass Spider, Dead Ant, which we all love. Love Dead Ant. And one of the best segments from Tales of Halloween. He is also known for uh, Don't Kill It and The Shed, which is a terrible Canadian vampire horror movie. Don't okay. Kill It, of course, stars Dolph Lundgren, who has a huge cock. We're going to talk about The Convent from 2000, a.k.a. Clarissa Retains, the help of a much more capable character who decapitates them all. Just to make that joke one more time. Thank God. <laughs> right? I, I can see you're confused. I had it written down, and it, it looks better on paper. Yeah, the continuing gag of Clarissa's and Clarissa's this month. Why are and... there so many Felissa's and Clarissa's and Sister Solicitors? It turns it all... out that movies about the clergy 
They continue to use the same fucking names. There is very much a pattern going on here, so I am just going to keep making that same fucking joke week to week. I, I mean, maybe we'll have a movie next week that has a Clarissa or a Clorissa. And this is a film that I would describe as a group of college stereotypes ignore the warnings of Bill Mosley and break into a haunted convent where all hell breaks loose. Whoa! No singing. No. Why don't we get into our list of characters? Let's go back to the year 2000. Give us the convent. First off, we've got Christine, who is a psycho badass, a smoker, a clergy killer, a fetus destroyer, a confederate, an alcoholic, and a savior of the human race. She's a joker, a toker, and a midnight smoker. We are talking about the one, the only, the booby, Adrian Barbo. Beautiful and boobtastic. And she is still an absolute smoke show in this movie because it's the year 2000. Always and forever. And next up, we have Clarissa, who is a former teen rebel, a social climber, a bad friend. She has no trigger control, and she is a straight-A college loophole abuser. Clarissa can also be seen in that 70s show, The Mentalist, Masters of Sex, and a bunch of other shows that you probably don't give a fuck about. No, that's true. I actually do not want to see her in anything else. She might be the worst character in this whole movie. Oh, she's definitely the worst character in this movie. But she had a pretty decent career of popping up in a bunch of TV shows. Fantastic That you for don't her. give a fuck about. Could not yeah. be happier for her. But getting her ass out of the way, let's move on to my favorite character from this whole movie. Who's that? A little goth adult that I like to call Faruza. <laughs> A.K.A. Mo. Yeah, Megan Perry. The beautiful Megan Perry. She is a Hot Topic enthusiast, a Misfits fan, a master crafter, a former criminal, a demon host, and somehow a virgin? I don't get it, but, you know, that's what they're going with. She also starred in a bunch of sitcoms that you probably don't fucking care about, including Dawson's Creek. You're just going to assume I don't care about Dawson's Creek? Well, Greg, I don't want to wait for our lives to be over either. No singing! Moving on, we have Chad, who is Clarissa's horny boyfriend. He's an exposition dumpster, a goody two-shoes, a gutless... (laughs) And a poor quality Chad. He might be one of the worst Chads ever. He's a bad Chad. This is Dax Miller who uh, hasn't really done a whole lot other than this movie. He was in a movie called Blood Surf, came out the same year. Oh, the illustrious and, uh, Dax Miller. Yeah, and uh, his career is over. Who fucking cares about him? Yeah, fuck him. He wasn't even good in this. No, he was awful. But you know who was a good Chad? Was Biff. Biff was Biff-tastic. Biff is a UCC letterman, a meathead, an abusive frat brother, a probable sodomy victim, a party boy, a date rapist, and a big old douchebag. The convent is actually also the extent of his acting career. He popped up in uh, 2003. She Spies as a bartender. She Spies is a Charlie's Angels knockoff. Love it. Uh, 
It's not good. Oh. Well, then, never mind. I don't love it. I was, yeah. I was faking that. I was, I was phoning in the enthusiasm. <laughs> Our next character is Caitlin, who is a blonde cheerleader, a stereotype, a prom queen, an airhead, and a bulimic bitch. I absolutely loved her in this. I thought she was great. I thought she was sexy. Doesn't really have much of a career either. This was kind of the extent of it. She was in Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th, which also stars a uh, a one Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold is in a lot of stuff. Oh, no, he definitely is. But you know who else is in this movie? Simon Rex and Coolio. We'll get there. Well, who's in Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th, if that matters to you. It is a B-level version of Scary Movie. So it's like, it's Scary Movie without the Wayans Brothers supporting it? It's terrible. Have you seen that? No. So next up, we have Frijole, which I can only assume is a Spanish name. You think he knows a fairy? <laughs> <laughs> the fan. I think they might be friends. I don't know. Is that racist? That might be racist. They know each other. But he is a drug abuser, a womanizer, a close talker, a sex exaggerator, a date tripper, a head receiver, and the self-proclaimed Mac of UCC. The Mac Daddy and the Daddy Mac, my friend. He was the also Mac. Didn't think he I could do that, did you? No, I I can only imagine what that feels like on a clitoris. And then we have Squeak, everyone's favorite <laughs> bitch. My name is Squeak, all right? It's Kenny. He is Clarissa's dorky little brother. He's a fret pledge, an indentured servant, a spineless chode, a hard-headed little bitch, a little bitch, and a possible antichrist. Liam Kyle Sullivan, who could be best known as Shoes. Let's get some shoes. Oh, he's that motherfucker? Oh my god, shoes. I didn't yes, even realize this that. this is him. This is him. I hope he is dead in real life. And I'm saying that on record. <laughs> oh my god, shoes. <laughs> I hope an actual murderer comes into your house and stabs you. <laughs> you fucking shoes, little ass. <laughs> Our next character is Coolio. Oh! Who is an overly aggressive police officer. A straight-up racist, he hates kids, he loves getting high, and he's mostly unfazed by demons walking the earth. Yeah. Because he's Coolio, and he's uh, kind of seen all that shit before. Grew up in a gangster's paradise. And then we have Officer Chop Top, which I think explains itself. This is Bill Mosley as Oh, get that bitch! Bill Mosley's a cop. Does Bill Mosley get bored? It's Bill Mosley as a cop. It's Bill Mosley. It's just Bill Mosley. Yeah. As a cop. Bill Mosley as a cop. He uses all his usual catchphrases. There's a little bit of a, you got that. And there might be a little bit of a, you dog bitch dick. hog. You dog dick. You know, he throws them all bitch. out there. He actually only shows up in this film for about a minute and a half. And then just fucks right off with his paycheck. Hey. That paycheck was a hot dog and a handshake. A possible hand job. Maybe a hand dog. It's more than what Rob Zombie ever gave him. Maybe a shake job. Maybe a dog shake. Shake, shake a bake, baby. 
Maybe a dick dog and a, a shake dick. Just put two dogs in the tub and we'll talk. Oh! You got yourself a little Mosley. What's next? We got Vlad and friends. I'm going to mush them all together here. Because oh, these are friends. a cult of Satanist vampire goth adults. They are a group of fucked up weirdos. They're cringy cosplayers. They're kidnappers. They're sexual deviants. And most importantly, they are total frauds. Even more importantly than that, but the hot big titty babe, Sapphira, who is played by Chatton Anderson, is actually the writer to the script. And most incredibly, I think you pronounced all of those words correctly. I may have. And then last but not least, we have Boozer. Who is... Oh, little Boozer. He's a hump-happy sex hound and an all-around good boy. Well, Greg, now that we got those characters aside, why don't we get into the actual plot itself? Let's go back to 1960. Who gives a fuck? Uh, and we find ourselves a very attractive Uma Thurman Pulp Fiction-looking woman stepping out of a car, walking up to a church. And I got to tell you, Greg, I love this scene so much because of how gritty it looks, how dirty it looks. But also, I want to say the main X factor to this scene is the fact that we have You Don't Own Me. Oh, it's so good. Smoking a cigarette, carrying a gasoline can in her hand, and just walking with vengeance on her mind into the front door of this uh, convent. Convent, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And she is strapped also with a 12-gauge pump handle shotgun. Yeah, she takes a belt of cheap bourbon, tosses the bottle, and locks the church doors behind her. And we know at this point, shit's about to go down. That's right. She pulls out a baseball bat, and just like Homer Simpson in Snake Day, she oh. goes a-clubbing. She treats them the way the Canadians treat those fucking unwanted baby seals. And she goes to town on these nuns. She Fun burns everyone alive before escalating things with the shotgun. Fun fact about this scene is that the baseball scene was actually filmed eight months after this scene was actually filmed. They decided, hey, you know what this nun massacre scene needs? A baseball bat. They were not wrong, because it only fucking adds to the effect. It totally uh, does. We really don't get much of an intro. We don't get much of a prologue. We get no real fucking around. We just get straight to a simple title screen. For those of uh, the gamer fans out there, the Diablo font. Stay a while and listen. Ooh. It just says, The Convent. Uh, so let's skip ahead. 40 years into the future. 40 years later, we have Clarissa on the porch of her sorority house with a bag full of groceries she gets jump scared by feruza bulk yeah feruza bulk is wearing a cock costume cock mask she tells her that she needs a ride to the convent for some reason not really totally sure what her motivation is clarissa's friends are all waiting on the street in a jeep it's always a fucking jeep Honking because they're horny. And Feruza chastises Clarissa for being a sellout former goth adult. So at this point, I think we should explain the two. Clarissa is straight up mm -hmm. Melissa Joan Hart. And then uh, Feruza Bulk is just that. 
She is very goth. She is so hot. So basically, Feruza Balk pulls out pictures of her and Clarissa at a misfit show. Uh, starts yeah. talking about how super goth Clarissa used to be. Used and how to be. she's selling out because she wants to be accepted by all these prima donnas. Yeah, and she's like, why don't you wear the black eyeliner anymore? Why don't you wear the black lipstick anymore? Where the fuck are your fishnets? You just want to be cool. And uh, Clarissa's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I got over that shit in middle school like everybody else did. She allows Mo to tag along, but her friends mock her, calling her, and uh, I'm quoting because these are not my words, a lesbian Morticia. And also, I heard she's a doik. Mm, yeah. Also not my words. Not, not, uh, not so cool in 2022. The year 2000, all right? I was 16 years old. And as I always say back in those days, young, dumb, and full of cum. Yeah, but they're usually not talking about your mom. So eventually they cram 800 people into the back of this Jeep and they head off to the titular convent. Oh, but before they do that, they make a little pit stop at Christine's house. A little apartment building where the psycho lives. Yes, this was the psycho that actually shot up, burned, and baseball bat done beat all those fucking nuns and priestesses. Our man, Frijole, tries to catcall her from his spot in the driver's seat. Yeah, hey, mama. But he is quickly scared away by her silhouette in the window because she is... A dangerous and imposing presence. So our crew of teenage stereotypes pull up to the St. Francis halfway house for experimental teens. And Biff cuts the chain on the front gate so they can just drive their car straight into the front parking lot. And I have to say, this is not a very subtle entrance. It's not. It is straight up from Castlevania. Considering that they're trying to commit petty crimes, i.e. vandalism, I wouldn't think that you would be this obvious about it. But to the same extent, props to that Castlevania reference. It's fucking perfect. Dude, that moon was huge, and that castle was very Vania-like. And Um, Simon Belmont is just showing off those thighs. uh, As as he always does. He's got them greased and ready to glow. Uh, Greg! Yes. Greg! What? Greg! Hello. What kind of pussy does a priest get? Is it none? It's none. It's none, isn't it? It's none. It's none pussy. It's none it's more none. pussy. He gets none pussy. <laughs> none more pussy. None more pussy. They bust into the basement and start exploring no. around. The first thing they find is a medical stirrup table where abortions were done in the past. Yeah, this is where uh, Farusa Balk actually explains that Uma Thurman had a super abortion here. Farusa explains that this was the very incident that got this whole place shut down. The girl from the beginning, Christine, was the patient. This whole ordeal, the abortion, clearly upset her. Obviously, goth adults are very upset about abortion. Did the main guy's name have to be Biff? I think it did, yeah. It's it's very important to the plot. We have a Biff, and we Uh have a Chad. Uh Uh-huh. How do we not have a Todd? 
It's a little bit of a, an oversight, I have to admit. You're not wrong. But this Biff, Chad, minus Todd combo, they're all here in an effort to graffiti the place in the name of their fraternity, which I believe are the Lambdas, which I can only assume, is this a, is this a Revenge of the Nerds reference? No! Chad slash Clarissa, who I think are a unit at this point. We're going to call them Chad Lissa. <laughs> they find some devil worship paintings on the wall, but they decide, fuck that. It's time to just kind of start making out. I am getting real Night of the Demons vibes here, Greg. What are you getting? I would go Night of the Demons, and I would also go, uh, I'd also go a little bit of Evil Dead. Yeah, okay, and I don't want to give anything away too soon, but I'm also getting Demon Knight vibes. So Chad gets cock-blocked when Clarissa sees a demon nun. It's a hallucination, but it's, uh, it's apparent enough to fuck up his boner. So he tells her she's just high, and it's not too late to still put out. You're seeing things, babe. The best way to cure your craziness is with my penis. Total gaslighting 80s guy. I mean, this is 2000, but this is a complete trope. If it was happening in real life, I'd be a little fucking annoyed. But gotta love it when it happens in a film. Gaslighting in movies is great. We got Frijole, which I believe means beans, right? Yeah. Talking to uh, Feruza alone in the bell tower they get rid of the dork that sings shoes and uh he goes hey looks like it's you me and the chronic babe oh he's using his best lines but she resists just to save both of them the cops show up and who the fuck do you think it is it's coolio and bill mosley sergeant chop top in the flesh Lick my plate, dog dick. Feruza freaks out and says, Hey, Frijole, you gotta lie to these cops. You gotta tell them that I wasn't here this whole time. Because little did any of the other characters know, I've been on probation this whole time for past crimes that I will not elaborate on. Yeah, they kind of just threw that out. He says, you know what? I'll do it. Just give me your underwear. Seems reasonable. I guess... So she does it? Yeah. And she runs off. He takes a big old sniff of that, but before that, she also exclaims that she is a virgin, which is a very important plot point here, and that she's saving herself for who else but Marilyn Manson. So this is where Officer Chop Top and Coolio line everybody up outside. Somehow they just kind of pulled them all out of the building and they're just like, yep, you, 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 you. Hope you're not smoking any of the dope tonight. But that's where Coolio finds a rolled joint in Friole's ear hole. And Chop Top explains they catch kids doing this every night of every year. It's getting a little bit old to them. Yeah. Coolio is a little bit more aggressive and he declares, if I find any more dope on you, I'm literally going to kill you which seems kind of extreme kind of elaborate police officer's attitude i have to say but you know these cops have seen a lot Feruza watches on from inside the building she's a little bit concerned but before she can actually have any kind of real reaction she gets jump board from jump behind board. 
The rest of the kids, they go fucking off to a diner. And that's where we have Coolio and Officer Chop Top hanging out and not just having a joke, having a toke. Everyone else doesn't go to just any diner. They go to Denny's. Because it's my birthday and I want that Grand Slam. Exactly. You get a free Grand Slam on your birthday. Anyone out there who didn't know that, fucking do it. It saves you a good $2.99. You get a pancake, you get an egg, maybe a coffee. I don't even know what comes with it. Greg, a Grand Slam is a side of potato, a side of a protein of your choice. That could be sausage, bacon, sausage, or some kind of sausage. You get yourself two eggs, any style you want, over easy, over soft, sausage, over medium, scrambled, sausage, Benedict, hard-boiled, soft-boiled. Yeah. question. What? Have you ever ordered an egg over soft? No. Yeah, is it that's a real thing? Over soft eggs. Give them shits over soft. <laughs> Put your finger in it. Get yourself a side of toast. Any kind of toast you want. Sausage. And you have your choice of pancakes or French toast, motherfucker. So while well, they're there at Denny's hanging out, okay. mind you at this point, at this point of them sitting at Denny's, so they got in the car. Yeah. They drove for I'm guessing ten minutes. To get to this Denny's, they sat, they drank coffee, yep. they finally get the Denny's. At that point, that is when Clarissa decides to shit in everyone's cereal as to where the fuck is my goth adult friend. Frijole pretends that in the past, uh, I don't know, hour, that he actually banged Vicky Valancourt. They argue about actually leaving her there. The girls storm out. Nobody wants to go back until Frijoli tells them that he actually left his stash in the convent. And that convinces everybody, we got to go back. And then uh, before they actually go back, we get a really fun porto potty scene that reminds me of the old Beavis and Butthead skits. Yeah. Uh, Beavis and Butthead in the stalls where they're talking to each other back and forth. It's, it's, it's not necessary to the plot, but it's kind of fun. You know they're pooping the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah. We appreciate that here at DTS. So we flash back to the convent where kidnapped Feruza is tied up on a pentagram when fucking Dracula busts in with his crew of effeminate minions. Yeah, we have Pee Wee Herman from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, a large-breasted, beautiful goth adult, uh, kind of effeminate goth adult. Uh, this is more of a Twiggy Ramirez type, I believe. Feruza is incredulous about their situation. It turns out they're all full of shit, and they're completely inept. The ritual is not going well. But the big-breasted goth adult woman is actually the writer of this motion picture. What was her name again? Shakira. Shakira impales Feruza with a demon knife. She turns into a deadite immediately and stabs the shit out of one of them. Probably Shakira. I don't know. which, which Was that right? The one with the boobs? Yeah, it was Shakira. Stabs the shit out of the one with the boobs and all hell breaks loose. Ah! All hell breaks loose. So it's at this point that Farusta turns into a neon demon covered in raver paint. And she has herself fluorescent colored eyeballs. A fun little fact about these contact lenses that she's wearing is that they were the only 
fucking contact lenses they were able to afford for this motion picture. This is weird. They all shared. Chances are, you're listening to the show, you're a horror fan, you're going to know that there's going to be a lot of fucking demons at this point. It gets weird. Yeah. It gets weird. But what gets really weird is the fact that they all are shot individually with these contact lenses. Yeah. Popped them out, cleaned them off, popped them in. Maybe they cleaned them off. Maybe. Allegedly. You know, I think nobody specifically got hepatitis from the set, so... Can you get hepatitis from your eyeballs? So it was probably fine. Yeah, so uh, after this neon demon fucks up the uh, these goth adults, the fine one with the big old boobs that I think we're going to finally see... The one with the boobs hides in a locker room. She gets covered in shower blood and also transformed into a deadite. Straight up an extra from Demon Knight. I got a real issue with this. Our issue is is that we have ourselves a shower scene. A shower scene with this girl with these amazing breasts. And she's getting blasted with blood. Blood shower. And we don't get to see anything. So your issue is that she did not bust the tits out. Yeah. I understand. I respect your point of view. Thank you. Thanks, baby. So at this point, Chad is being kind of a pussy and wants to leave. Understandably. Clarissa yeah. pushes him to continue exploring, and he immediately gets bored through a door. He gets bored through a door by the big titty zombie. Through a door. Kool-Aid mans her way through the door. It's the one with the boobs that we didn't see, and she starts nibbling at Chad's belly. Booby Deadite eats his guts until Clarissa jams a flashlight through her mouth and out the back of her skull. And Great this gag. is a pretty cool effects gag. The sad thing about it is it really only lasts for this scene because I don't want to spoil anything, but when she reemerges later in the film, she doesn't have a flashlight in her mouth. Or a hole in her. Ah, frustrating. Freehole, who is shrooming at this point, like a boss. He is so shrooming. Goes on a magical mystery tour through the halls and talks to Jesus, who says, Hey, buddy. Hey, get me down from here. Get me down from here, you motherfucker. While this is going on, Dreamweaver is playing. He comes across a hot deadite Feruza. He's all about it. He mistakes her feral growlings for horniness, as I think we all might. I mean, I would. Have you seen her? She's so hot. Even as a deadite. And he allows her access to his penis. As he should. And she predictably bores it off. Well, not without giving the old sucky suck for a second. She actually does kind of lead him on for a minute here. So she nibbles his dick off. And by yep. nibble, I mean straight up bores it off. Just chomps it. Meanwhile, Squeak is looking for Boozer in the basement. And don't call me bitch. He gets jump scared by Vlad and the foppish boy servant that he regularly entails. So the South Park goth kids they decide hey we should uh totally sacrifice shoes over here squeak mistakes them for drug customers yeah they play along but they blindfold him 
and unsuccessfully try to knock him out over and over and over again. This is actually a real fun scene. It's pretty good gag. He's got a really hard skull, and Vlad, in his own right, is also kind of a pussy. So he's trying to hit him with this cane, knock him unconscious, and it is just not happening. Having a real hard time with it. Caitlin and Biff get assaulted by deadites in the basement. Caitlin gets her face bored off. Oh and... my god, an excellent degloving face scene. Oh my god, it's beautiful. And excellent. she instinctively starts cheering. The gore in this movie is great. It's kind of amazing, right? Like it, it's the effect. so good. Is this where Biff gets batted in the face and his head just kind of flies off? Kind of is, yeah. Biff and Clarissa drag Chad and his guts into a room where they kind of try to blockade the door, but they fuck it up royally. Oh, they're, yeah. They're pushing a bunch of stuff against the door that actually opens outwards. Yeah, that's a big uh, fuck fuck in this movie. So a little bit they of a fuck swing up. the door open, pulling it outwards close it and they barricade the door with a bunch of bullshit uh-huh. but apparently these demons are just fucking retarded this because is they're a- trying to push on the door this is about the time where chad goes dead height he fucks things up in this room and clarissa takes the opportunity to jump out the window yeah because apparently these demons can't go outside or something i don't know i don't fucking cares yeah whatever Count Succula makes his wiener slave do the dark ritual on Squeak. little bitch. Who thinks he's going to get head, but is ultimately disappointed. Dicky Boy, which I guess is his official name in the credits, fucks yeah. everything up, and Squeak escapes from him. I swear you guys rip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. And this is where Clarissa approaches Coolio for the second time. She is running blind. She is frantic. She has escaped a convent full of demon nuns. She's just looking for any kind of help. He immediately starts discharging his firearm in her direction. Yes. Which I can only say is just a fucking hilarious, beautiful response. And what does he say? Away with you, you demon bitch. Hell yeah. Unfortunately, this is the last we're going to see Coolio in this entire film. Uh, and I don't know where the fuck Sergeant Chop Top was during this. Uh, he, he died a long time ago. Okay. okay. Yeah, he's fucked. He's gone. Bill I mean, Mosley. Technically, Bill Mosley did get bored in real life in the movie Bore, which isn't real life. It's another movie, but still, he got bored. Yeah, he got bored in, uh, in real life, but not. Yeah, in another movie called Bore. He also was in this film for 30 seconds and then not. So it's kind of like Boar. It's a lot like Boar. Three minutes. This is like Boar 2 is what you're saying. I think I, I, get, I get what you mean. Oh, this is a requel to Boar. Boar 3. Boar Revelations. Boar Bloodlines. Can't, I cannot wait until uh, Nathan Jones shows up. So after this, Clarissa, she goes fucking off and she runs to Christine's house, yes. who, as we know, is Uma Thurman from the opening of the movie. Now, pay attention. I know this is confusing. Okay. It's it's Uma Thurman all right. who killed all the nuns and the priests at the beginning of the movie Hate from them. the 1960s, yep. is now modern-day Adrian Barbeau. Of Swamp Thing fame. She showed her boobs in Swamp Thing, and they were just great. Amazing. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. And we all know and love her cleavage from Escape from New York. Uh, but anyways, as this also, is going Cannonball on... Run. Her tits were in that. Yes, you're right. I love Tom DeLuise. Tom DeLuise's tits were in that also. As this is going on, yep. uh, we have our group of demons back at the convent suiting up, dressing up as nuns, dressing up as priests, almost a perversion of Christianity, yes. if you will. Because uh, that, that's what Satanism is. It's a perversion of Christianity. The uh, inversion. Absolutely. So we go back to Clarissa explaining it all to Christine. She gives her the true story of what happened 40 years ago. Your friends are dead. Of course they are. Because if they weren't, they wouldn't be fucking demons. And that makes yep. perfect sense. Makes a lot of sense to me. What she tells her is that a random deadite girl showed up outside this convent, killed every one of the staff, one by one, all the nuns, all the priests, all the teachers. They turned into deadites, but continued to teach classes. This flashback montage scene is incredible. It's fucking mind-bending. There's a scene where it's it's all the nuns taking each other out one by one. Yep. And there is one, and it takes place for about two seconds of this movie. Two fat and seconds. And it's a nun with a chain wrapped around her neck, laying on the sidewalk, being dragged by another nun yep. riding a motorcycle. And that may be the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in cinema. It's an amazing visual. Amazing. But it turns out, Christine got a bad rap she did not receive an abortion as uh the legend goes whoa, 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 what huh she what? actually had her baby that means she's pro-life these crazy deadite demon nuns slash priests took her baby for a sacrifice in an attempt to revive the antichrist a la rosemary's baby Hail Satan! Hail Satan! But she came back with murder on her mind and took them all out. And that's yeah. where the intro kicks in. You motherfuckers, you didn't give me an abortion. You just tried to steal my little kid. I'm not going to abide by that. And she wasn't having it at all. Turns out her kid's fine, living somewhere in uh, fucking uh, New Haven, Connecticut. If I had to guess, Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Uh, as this is going on, Adrian Barbeau, she starts strapping herself to the gills of guns, ammo. She starts loading up Clarissa. We get the strapping up montage. She's grabbing strapping AK-47s. Up montage, baby. She's grabbing uh, combat shotgun. She's shelling up. The funniest thing about this, though, all of these shotgun shells that she's loading up into her bandolier, they're spent. Did you <laughs> notice that? Yeah, I did. There's no cartridges in these shells. They've already been shot. These are straight-up props. I don't think it really matters. This is a basically evil dad from here on out. Hey, man, you know what? I don't know why you got to be such a dick about it. It's not like we saw a boom mic pop in the set. Not exactly that, but, you know, some of us notice. You know it was Mike Mendez's dad's, like, shotgun shells. I mean, I've but... got a fucking bucket of shotgun shells at my house. No big deal. Dude, I got a bucket of dicks at my house. Bucket of dicks at my house but nobody fucking bats an eye at that just terrible so anyhow 
we go back to the convent where uh, little shows is being accosted by the goth adult. The goth adults end up getting attacked by the demons who are now dressed as nuns and priests. And good old Pee Wee Herman, the leader, or you like to call him Dracula, whatever the fuck, the Dairy Queen associate, he gets straight up Lucio Falchade right in the eyeball with a machete. And you know that hurts. It don't feel good. But Christine grabs her AK-47 and a combat shotgun, hops on her bike, to take a road trip straight to Murderville. They start shooting nuns. They start decapitating nuns. All hell fucking breaks loose for a couple it's of minutes. It's wonderful. They, use they are neon. chopping them up. They're slicing their way into this convent. Really, their only mission is to rescue Squeak, or what What were you calling them? It's Kelly! All right, all right, all right, you little bitch. But there's a little bit of a problem. They didn't bring enough ammo. Yeah, so they run out of ammo, apparently. And Christine decides she's going to pull a little bit of a Terminator 2. She jumps out the window saying, I'll be back. Even Clarissa had to kind of fend for herself, which I guess, you know, she's a little nervous about that. Yeah, fucker. Christine jumps on her motorcycle, prays to God one last time that she can start this motherfucker up. Her wish is granted, and she drives this thing back through the window of the convent, right to the room where Clarissa is waiting. To the heart says, of hell. Get the fuck on. We're about to kill these motherfuckers. Get away from her, you bitch. And she's just machetes everyone's heads off. And you notice the heads hanging off the motorcycle? This is not her first rodeo. She took the time to take these heads and chain them up to her bike. And they are off to the chapel in style on a bike, driving through the halls of this convent, ready to stop the Antichrist from forming in our corporeal world a little part that we left out is that they have two virgins at this point shoes and the other effeminate goth adult he comes up with a little scheme of his own and says hey i think we should fuck since we're both virgins but shoes isn't having it yeah maybe we can thwart their evil plans by just kind of you know boning each other right here on the uh on the marble slab but Squeak makes a pretty uh, intelligent point in that, hey, if we're not virgins anymore, they're, they're just probably just going to kill us. Yeah. Good point. Maybe I'll lay off. Just kidding. I'm super going to try and rip you. Yeah, because this goth adult is so horny. He's very horny. Goth adults are uh, incredibly horny. Needless to say, Christine and Clarissa Bust through the fucking door. They rescue Squeak. Vlad's bitch gets bored in the back by the ceremonial knife and is reborn as a goopy-looking demon spawn. Christine stays behind like a fucking badass. She lights up a Molotov cocktail and suicide drives her motorcycle straight into the Antichrist and burns the entire fucking convent straight to the ground. Squeak and Clarissa are clearly traumatized. They decide they'd be safer if neither one was a virgin anymore. They fuck each other and make a very taboo Pornhub video. The end. Everybody wins the convent. The year 2000. Micah, what do you think? 
absolutely love this movie. This movie is 22 fucking years old, and I don't know how, how this slipped through my grimy fingers. This movie fucking rules. It's got it all, except for one thing, and that's tits. Tittering. And that's ass. It's got Adrian Barbeau. It's got Coolio. It's got Bill Mosley. It's got incredible special effects. There's not a lot of blood in it. There's more neon paint being splattered everywhere because it didn't cost as much. It's got kind of decent acting, surprisingly. Not bad at all. It is Night of the Demons. Demon Knight, Demons, Evil Dead, all kind of mixed together. It's got the best elements of it all. The movie's fun. It's a great movie to watch if you're hungover. It's a great movie to watch if you're super high. It's a great movie to watch if you're just uh, just a horror fiend like myself and Greg and you want something fun to watch. I'm giving this movie four out of five stars, uh, four out of five scaries. It lost one scary because of the lack of breast. And this movie, god damn it, did it fucking need him. Let me give you my quick review of this one. Yeah. Plotline. Flawless. Yeah. Special effects. Fucking perfect. So good. Bill Mosley shows up for a minute and a half. Can't complain. Got some hot lead actresses. Got some fucking hilarious Satanists. Some douchebag chads. You got some drugged up dogs. Deadites everywhere. Zombie nuns. Complete pandemonium. The Antichrist shows up at some point. Everything fucking burns down at the end. This film is fucking perfect in every possible way. I gotta say, three out of five. What? 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 Just kidding. It's a full-on five. Five oh. out of five. I love it. The Convent, 2000. Directed by Mike Mendez. Beautiful. Perfect. So, with that said, what do you think for next week, my man? Well, I'm thinking that the past uh, three movies that we have uh, reviewed are all 2000 and up. Uh-huh. I think we got to take a step away from that and go a little old school. We're going to go back? I'm thinking we go back to life. Back to reality? Back to life. Back to reality. Back to life. Back, Back to, to no singing. No singing. Yeah, Greg and I are going to go old school, scary nun shit because we've been having fun with this. We're going to get serious next week, so tune the fuck in. It's going to be a real one. It's going to be true. What did you just say? No cap. On a serious note. Yeah. You listening? Yeah. Love each other. Care for one another. But most importantly, keep it spooky! Damn, that's scary. I don't want no top unless it's got the slop. See what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't. T- oh. <laughs> Sausage.